Central Commander Jeffrey. Jeffrey here. Jeffrey, them rebels took Zeus. That's Alan's dog. I know. Oh, no. I know. Jedi is part. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. Hey everybody, welcome to the Force, of course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and guess what, everybody? Huge announcement here. The kitchen project is done. I don't think I did that big enough. Let me do it again. The kitchen project is done, done, done. Too much? This project's been going on for months, and quite honestly, I'm so freaking glad it's over. Uh, but it looks incredible. It looks so much better than we ever could have expected, and we're just in love with it. Okay. I hope everyone had a safe and happy new year. Speaking of safe, uh, I know at least where I work, COVID is going nuts. Like positive testing is spiraling out of control. So everyone be safe. So there's a bit of a format change for today. We're going to skip the force, of course, news of the week. No, 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 no. We're going to skip it. We're going to skip it. Um, I guess because Book of Boba Fett is up and running, there's really nothing else anyone wants to talk about. So there hasn't been any news released, really. So we're going to skip that. This week's episode is going to be a bit shorter than normal, even because, like I said, work is nuts with COVID cases spiraling. Um, I don't have nearly as much time to prep. I don't want to just bullshit through a show. So we're, we're going to keep it a little shorter than normal. But there is still quite a bit to talk about. First and foremost, how about the reactions to chapter one of the Book of Boba Fett? A lot of people are disappointed. I can kind of see both sides of this argument. Listen, watching Boba Fett escape the Sarlacc in chapter one wasn't what I had in mind. But after decades of imagining how that went down, there's nothing that they could have put on the screen in front of me that would have lived up to my expectations. But we did get the story. So let's just be happy with what we got. Can we do that? Probably not. Manage your expectations. Today we're going to talk about Chapter 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Again, I think this title has two meanings. It has a bit of a meaning in the uh, quote-unquote present day scenes that we're given uh, as far as like the uh, mob families. And then it also, in the flashbacks, it talks about obviously the Tuscan tribes. I'm just going to put it all out there right now and let you guys know I'm enjoying the present day stuff more than I am the flashbacks. Not that I hate the Tuscan Raider stuff, but the present day stuff is is more captivating to me. So I'm not going to break every scene down, but there are things that uh, I want to talk about. The first thing is the opening shot of Fennec Shand taking her captive back to Jabba's palace. I just think that shot was beautiful. We get to see the door open, like that huge door. We get to see that again. And that gives me a thought. Hold on. How long do you think I'm going to call it Jabba's Palace or Jabba's Throne Room? Huh. Probably for a while. Anyway, so they've got the captive and they're trying to get him to talk and he won't talk. Uh, the 88, the torture droid, says he's uh, 
of the Nightwind, the Order of the Nightwind, a group of assassins. Order of the Nightwind, that sounds like an 80s hairband, but whatever. This guy's not going to talk. He cusses Boba Fett out in Hutties. So Fennec has the bright idea to drop him into the Rancor pit, which I thought was exciting. I thought maybe we're going to get to see a second Rancor, but there's no Rancor down there. The assassin says the mayor sent him to kill Boba Fett. So obviously we're going to go see the mayor. And this is where we get to see that Weasley Twilight again. I don't fucking like this guy. And I know I'm probably not supposed to, but the sooner Boba Fett kills him, the better for me. My fear is that's not going to happen. So Boba Fett gets his audience with the mayor, and this is all a bit of run around. The mayor says, well, I didn't send this guy. Clearly, he's uh, not, a- not allowed to operate outside of hut space. So who do you think sent him? Boba's like confused. So the mayor says, why don't you go back to the sanctuary where Twi'lek Jennifer Beals hangs out, and uh, you'll get the scoop from her. Here we go. So Boba and Fennec and the two Gamorrean guards go back to the sanctuary Twilight Jennifer Beals is there, and she seems nervous. Like, oh, I didn't think you were going to be here. Blah, blah, blah. She says, I'll get you a seat at the bar while we sort this out. And Boba Fett's like, what the, what the fuck's going on? She says the twins have laid claim to Jabba's property. As soon as she said the twins, I thought Luke and Leia. I don't know why. It didn't make sense. But the twins, you talk about Star Wars and the twins, Luke and Leia jumped to mind. That's not who she's talking about at all. And in a few few minutes, we see exactly who she's talking about. Jabba's twin cousins. And we don't get their names. It's just a male and female hut being carried on a giant litter by a bunch of really unfortunate dudes. These guys, their legs, their backs have to be hurting. So these huts say that Jabba's property is theirs. Boba says, nah, that's mine. I killed Bib Fortuna, so now it's mine. If you want it, you're going to have to kill me. And then the Hut's bodyguard makes himself known. And this is where we get the Wookiee gladiator from Star Wars comic book lore, Black Chrysanthemum. Now, in the comic books, this dude's a badass. And in live action, he looks the part. Like, this looks like a Wookiee I would not want to cuddle with. This is not Chewbacca. This is not a nice Wookiee. This guy is going to be a problem for Boba and Fennec. But the Huts say bloodshed's bad for business. We'll settle this at a later date, basically, and they part ways. That's when Fennec says something that really caught my attention. She tells Boba, you know, if you want to kill the Huts, you have to have permission. So this is like a correlation with the real-life mafia. If you want to, If you want to hit a made guy, you have to have permission. You can't just bump off a dude that's known and not expect serious consequences. Whether you're right or wrong in doing it, you have to have permission. And that permission probably doesn't come easily. Now, who do they have to ask permission from? Operating in hut space, I would assume it's the hut council. So we may get to see even more huts, which isn't a terrible thing because these two twin huts are probably the best CGI huts we've been given so far. Um, they're not perfect. They're not Return of the Jedi puppet perfect like Jabba was. But as far as CGI huts go, they're the best we've seen so far. From there, we go to Jabba's back to tanning bed. And this is where we know we're going to get some flashbacks. And the rest of this episode is flashback. It tells the story of how he's earning his place with the tribe. They're showing him how to fight, their fighting styles. Um, you can tell some time has passed because... 
he's learned a lot of their uh, their sign language, I guess you want to call it. And very quickly, we see that there's an issue. We hear a noise and they see something off in the distance coming towards them. I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, some kind of monster, crate dragon or something. But instead, it's a train. Now, there are issues with these train scenes. This train goes passing by the Tuscan land and we see snipers picking off Tuscans like it's nothing. At that speed, come on. But clearly, this train is a problem. And Boba Fett says, you know what? Give me a gaffy stick and a rifle. I'll take care of this train. And they do. And he goes off to this, I don't know, it's like a, a pub or whatever out in the desert, small place. And then this pub, we see two humans. And there are a bunch of like Nikto laborers. I don't know what they are, miners or I, I have no idea. But the Nikto are getting a little rowdy in the bar and they're giving these humans trouble. Now, the first time I watched the episode, I didn't have subtitles on and it didn't click for me who they probably were. But when I watched it with subtitles, it clearly refers to one of them, the female, as Cammy. So this is Cammy and Fixer from a deleted scene from A New Hope. Holy shit, they're really digging here. They are digging for some fan service. I'm not against it. Uh, it makes the world seem a little too small sometimes when they do this stuff, but this was okay. Now, just as these Nikto are really giving them a hard time, Boba Fett steps in and takes out the whole lot of them just so he can take their speeder bikes. Now, he didn't need to go inside to steal the speeder bikes. They were parked outside. But neither here nor there, we got to see Boba Fett kick some ass, and I'm all for it. He takes the speeder bikes back to the uh, Tuscan outpost, and then we get a long montage of him teaching Tuscans how to ride the speeder bikes. And this is where it kind of flops for me. I just didn't dig it. It was kind of cute, and I didn't need that. But I could look past it. It's fine. Basically, he's training them for an assault on this train. And I get like Lawrence of Arabia vibes with this. I don't know if this is a purposeful homage to Lawrence of Arabia or maybe I'm just, I don't know, reading too much into it. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but eventually they do take out this train. A lot of action there. Turns out the train, I thought it was maybe some kind of weird passenger train, but it's honestly like a uh, sort of like a smuggling train where the pikes are uh, moving spice through the desert. So Boba Fett basically lays down the law and says, you don't pass through here without paying a toll. And uh, the, the Pikes didn't know that the Tuscans were an issue. They just thought they were savages. They didn't know they were civilized or whatever. I don't know if this is going to come back to bite them, but Boba Fett is like hero of the village at this point. So there you kind of have it. I didn't do a deep dive into like every scene. That's the bare bones of it. I give this episode another eight out of 10. I like that this was much longer, damn near an hour. We have five episodes left. We still haven't seen the dinner party from the trailers. And I had a thought that maybe that's who he has to ask permission to kill the Huts, the members of the dinner party. But then I remembered Fennec saying that they were all captains of Jabba's. So he's, he's not, certainly not going to have to ask his own captains for permission. So that's not going to pan out. Hopefully we get that next episode and then we can move on to new product. I have to wonder if the Tuscan story is going to come to an end soon. Something bad, I think, is going to happen because he's going to be separated from the Tuscans. But we do get to see him in his black robes. And there's also a weird scene where he snorts a lizard and makes his own gaffy stick. He's on like a vision quest and he goes out and he finds a tree. It's weird. Watch it for yourself. Like I said, 8 out of 10. Pretty good episode. I'm definitely anxious to see more. 
And I think when we get all seven episodes, if you watch it as a whole, it's going to be remarkable. It's really going to be outstanding. So let's all just calm down and stop complaining. Okay, let's take this time and go to break. And when we come back, I have a question about the sequel trilogy. Just had a thought. All right, stick around. It's Millennium Falcon and Rebel Armored Snowspeeder. You have to put them together. Batteries for each not included. Ships and Rebel Commander action figure each sold separately. Enemy approaching. Test by laser machine guns. Close cockpit. Prepare for takeoff. Resume mission. Yeah. All systems go. Millennium Falcon and Rebel Armored Snowspeeder sold separately. Action figure also sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the break. I know I did. I just went up and stood in my kitchen and looked around and was like, oh, my God, it's done. Done, done, done. I'm just going to keep doing that. Okay, the second part of the show is going to be brief. I just have something that I need to get out, a thought I had, um, maybe a question. If anyone out there listening has input on this, if anyone out there can answer this question. If anyone out there is willing to reach out and say, Ted, this is why, this is why this happened. I would really appreciate it because right now I don't understand. Okay. Let me explain. Once the Disney acquisition took place, they immediately announced a third trilogy. Fans went wild. We were so excited. The force awakens came out and it was, the biggest movie of all time. Love it or hate it, it was the biggest movie of all time. I Personally, I was ecstatic. I loved it. It had its flaws, yes, but it was new Star Wars. I was really excited about it. I got to see all the old characters, even though Luke and Leia weren't in it long, but I got to see the old characters. They introduced new characters, and they seemed fine. And I just knew with the next movie... We were going to dig into those new characters and really, we were going to mold them and shape them and grow to love them. The second movie came. Okay, I'm not going to rehash what happened with The Last Jedi, we all know. Um, problematic is the kindest way I can describe it. I railed against that movie, personally, but I'm I'm trying to make my peace with it. It's a, it's a very personal battle. Um, and then as... They start gearing up for the third movie, The Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot of talk of this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So Disney's making a very big statement here. What it sounded like to me was this is the last time we want to hear from you fuckers about the Skywalkers, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but it felt to me like, okay, we're going to finish this for you and then shut up. Shut up about it. Shut up about your Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker came out. I, again, I I did enjoy the movie. It tied up some loose ends. It was rushed. Yes, it was rushed. But I guess it did what it needed to do, even though it honestly didn't need to happen. The entire third trilogy didn't need to happen. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Out of my hands. Um, during the time of that trilogy, we also got Solo and Rogue One. So Rogue One was set right at the beginning of the original trilogy solo a little bit it, i wouldn't call it prequel trilogy it's kind of in the middle there and everything that we've gotten from disney since has been either 
original trilogy era or kind of prequel trilogy. So we got the Bad Batch. They got the last season of Clone Wars. That's basically prequel trilogy. The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. I consider that original trilogy. Everything they announced, Lando. So Lando has to really be original trilogy because he wasn't around during the prequel trilogy. And I don't see Billy D. Williams in an ongoing series set during the sequel trilogy. So I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be set, if it even happens, in the original trilogy era, if not a little before, like Solo. Please, with Donald Glover. Can we make that happen? Um, the droid story, who knows where that's going to fall? Hard to tell. That could be that could be the failsafe here. That could be the one thing that takes my whole conversation apart here. But I'm going to put that on the shelf for now because no one really seems to know. Star Wars Acolyte, that's way, way, that's High Republic era. So that's way before anything we've seen so far. Andor, definitely right before original trilogy series. Uh, Kenobi, that's bridging the gap between prequel and original trilogy. So I have to ask, has Disney buried the sequel trilogy? Where's the continuation of the story for Finn and Poe and Rey? Are we just done with them forever? Will we never see like a backstory of Kylo Ren or Phasma? I have to wonder if the quote unquote success of the sequel trilogy has kind of doomed it to be forgotten. Is this going to be something we just never explore again? Because I think that would actually do service for the sequel trilogy. If we were able to dig into some of the other characters, if we were able to really tell the story of how they came to be, what made them who they are, that could go a long way to building a stronger fan base of that sequel trilogy. But every release I'm hearing about really has nothing to do with that trilogy or that era. I think The Mandalorian showed Disney where the safe spot was. If you can play in original trilogy era, that's where your largest fan base is. That's where your old fans are. I mean, even if you're a, a prequel trilogy fan, you have to love the original trilogy. You may see it as flawed and slow and old, but you still have to respect it. I don't think you can be a sequel trilogy fan without really having love for the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy. So the original trilogy is that common ground that everyone loves and that's your safe space. So everything they're throwing at us is kind of connected to that era. And that's fine, but I think it's doing a disservice to the sequel trilogy. I think there could be work done there that at least for me as an OG could help build my love for that era. It's going to take the right people. Let's get Filoni and Favreau in there. Let's get Taika Waititi in there. Hell, put Bryce Dallas Howard in there. Let's get her busy in Star Wars again. But Disney is doing the fans a disservice by ignoring this trilogy that, I don't know, it seems like they created just to finish off the Skywalker saga when I thought the original trilogy finished off the Skywalker saga. Anyway, that's all I have. I just wanted to bitch and complain about that just for a minute. Again, if you've got feedback on that, reach out to me anywhere on social media at The Force, of course, on Instagram and Facebook. You can email me directly at TheForceOfCourse77 
at gmail.com. The music you hear playing me out is by Closed on Sunday. Check them out on Instagram and YouTube. They do some really cool stuff. If you like the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is really what builds the audience, and the audience is growing, and I appreciate that. Again, this has been The Force, of course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. My name is Ted, and as always, play with your toys. Bye.